0: Hey friends, I cannot wait to share this, what I'm calling a treat of an episode with you. I had the lovely Ali Casaza on to talk all about body love, and body change and all of these things. And if you don't know who Allie is, she is essentially the life minimalist for moms. She helps women and mothers declutter their life and their schedule and their homes so that they can show up for the purpose that they were meant to live. And it's actually funny because she also has a side of her business where she helps other women and mothers Build their businesses. And that's how I met Ali. She became my business coach. And not only was she a business coach, but I think the most exciting thing is that she just became a friend. And um, really, it's been such a beautiful relationship over the last almost couple of years. And so I really wanted to have her on this podcast to talk a little bit about her relationship with her body and food and her journey. Um, through all of this because she worked a little bit with me on business and I worked a little bit with her on food freedom and all of that and so we we just have kind of a really fun and unique relationship and I thought this is the perfect time to have her on the show and talk to us about her own journey. So if you've ever wanted to hear someone else's journey through finding body freedom and food freedom and all of that, then you are not going to want to miss this episode. So turn up those headphones and I hope you enjoy it. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, I am so excited to have one of my favorite people on on my podcast today, Ali Casaza. Say hello and introduce yourself for a minute.
1: Hello, friend. It's so good to record with you. Um, Hi, guys. My name is Allie. Um, In my business, I help women really just simplify clear clutter from every area of their lives, whether it's physical clutter in their space, calendar clutter, life clutter, emotion clutter, mental clutter, um, and just really getting things that are not serving them out of the way so they can spend more time and energy on what really is important to them. Um, And I have had quite the journey with my body and being a human woman in society and in a little bit of the public eye. And Elizabeth has been a huge, huge piece of my journey and a real big help and a light to me. So I'm really excited to have this conversation here. You're so nice. And
0: in fact, one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on, if people don't know, is that you we're my business coach. And so I just have so much love for you. And and you essentially taught me how to get this podcast up and running through your course. And and so of course I wanted to have you on here. Um, but then the kind of the second reason that I really wanted to have you on here is I, I love that you are open with your journey about your relationship with your body. And you've shared a lot of things like that. And I just, lately I've had a lot of women reaching out to me in this place of like, but wanting body love, wanting body change. How do these two things coexist? And you've been on this personal journey yourself. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to have a conversation about what it looks like to kind of bridge that gap of like loving our body and wanting change and kind of creating them together. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of like to think about it as, you know, body love or whatever word we want to use, body acceptance, body gratitude. There's all kinds of things that women like to embrace is kind of this prerequisite to being able to create change within our bodies. So can we start a little bit from the beginning? Tell us what your relationship with your body has kind of looked like throughout your life. Give us a little snapshot.
1: Yeah. So at first, you know, as a kid, it wasn't really something that I thought of. Um, I was around boys a lot. Um, I had a brother. My sister wasn't born until I was in like eighth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Um, And so I didn't really think about it much. And I was an athlete and a dancer. So it just came easy to me. I was moving my body a lot. I was always very athletic. Um, And I remember the first moment that my attention was drawn toward my body was actually um, a book that was positioned towards young girls as they were getting ready to go through puberty to be like body positive. But I had never really struggled with that yet. And so I was reading this book and it mentioned something about like, you know, it's okay if your thighs rub together. And like, it was trying to be helpful. But for me, I remember thinking like, Oh, are they not supposed to like, is that like a, that's, there's grace for me. If my thighs rub together, like, is that not normal? And just that first little taste of like, huh? you know with my body and then beginning to notice my thighs do rub together and they actually rub together like pretty hard and noticing if the other girls did and and then um the school that I went to um there was just a lot of privilege there so the girls there were very focused on brands and body stuff and um copying their mothers and taking pills to lose weight and grow their boobs bigger and all these crazy things that were introduced to me pretty young. Um, And then like I stopped being an athlete at the end of high school because I got a job and all of that, you know, life stuff. And so my body began to shift and I had always been very athletic and really like solid. It's very easy for me to build muscle. Um, My muscle percentage has always been like really, really high. And I stopped, you know, really moving my body and started working a lot and eating like out a lot because I was driving and I was kind of building my own young adult life um, and just forming bad habits, lots of fast food and things like that. And so with those two things, my body began to shift and I definitely noticed, oh, I'm gaining weight. My, My stomach is soft and that's new for me. And, you know, I got married really young and had kids really young. So I just kind of like, entered into this world, it kind of felt like, felt like I just fell backwards into my body is completely changing and I don't really seem to be super in control of it. And I also didn't really have the mental capacity. I'm sure so many women listening to this can relate to this part. I didn't feel like I had the mental capacity or energy levels to give my body the attention and care that it needed. So it was kind of like on the back burner, my health was on the back burner. Um, I wished my body would change for appearance reasons. And I would kind of like diet off and on to get it to do that, but it was never healthy. Um, I wasn't looking at it from a place of love. I was looking at it from a place of force and almost kind of like contempt, um, and disdain for my body. Um, even though it had given me so much. And I also have a hormone disorder called PCOS, Um, that makes it difficult to lose weight. Um, Having a baby puts my body through even more than a typical woman. So it was just really all of these things. And I really just began to have a lot of self-hatred toward my body. Um, And I kind of stayed there for a while and then we met.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's interesting actually that you bring up um, the thigh gap thing. That was my story too. That Mm -hmm. was the same thing where like, the, the other girls. And my story was kind of similar with like the athletic build. I remember I was always taller than the boys for like a while. Mm. And, but I remember being like, my thighs don't gap. And I, and I, I associated that with being beautiful. Like if you had a thigh gap, you were beautiful. So I found that interesting kind of that you brought that up because I think that's, um, pretty common that we kind of see those comparisons, right? We start to Mm. pick out like, what is the ideal situation? Um, so I'm really glad kind of that you shared that with me. And I know you kind of reached that place of struggling in your body, but you were also, you know, building a business and, you know, you were showing up and so many women struggle with this idea of like showing up in the body that they have because mm-hmm. they don't love it or or anything like that. So I kind of wanted you to share, us, share with us maybe both sides of it. I'm sure there were some hard sides and also the side of like, how do I continue to show up when I'm not in a body that I want to be in? Hello, my friends. Have you heard the news? My free five-day ditch the diet challenge is beginning April 19th and I want you in there with me. In five days, I am going to help you go from feeling trapped with diets to feeling confident in your goals without them. We are going to learn how to ditch the diet without losing control around food or giving up on your goals and I am so excited to be jumping in and working on this together with you. I receive so many messages every day of women that want to give up dieting, but they don't know where to start. This, my friend, is the answer. Please join me. Head to awomanofwellness.com forward slash free challenge to join today. And don't forget to invite a friend to join with you because as women, we know we do things better together. I will see you in the challenge.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good point because there that is like my body journey as I came from originally. But then there's this whole other world where I did, I started my business. My, so my husband worked at, for a really large company for pretty much our entire marriage. Um, and then when my daughter was like seven, I, my oldest, I started the business. And so for the last five years, I've been getting into view really where anyone on the internet could really like find me and watch me. And give criticism or comment on something, even I'm finding positive comments can be damaging. It's really weird because it's just the mere fact that someone is noticing something and giving feedback. Like it feels very invasive and it will make you think like, well, what else are people noticing and not saying? Or It's just very, um, I think that mental wellness needs to be more talked about in the online space because it really is just messes with your brain to have to be seen and have people commenting to you. Um, And so, yeah, I started overweight, definitely overweight. I would say when I started my business, I was probably 45, 50 pounds overweight. And I always kind of teetered between like 30 and 80 pounds overweight, depending on like pregnancy and postpartum stuff like that. Um, And then over the years, I just kind of have, ebbed and flowed in between those numbers. And that's very like, I've never really been much of a scale person. So I'm just estimating, but definitely unhealthy, definitely not feeling very good and definitely not feeling like I look very good. Um, and so a big part of my job became hiding my body and I got really good at camera angles and really good at contouring my face and all this effort to be honest with you, because I was using food To pacify a lot of really difficult emotions that I didn't want to face and truly didn't really know how to face, Um, there was a lot of trauma in my life, um, even in my adult life. But it was very fresh. A lot of it that I was still living through at the time that I was, you know, working on my business, showing up. um, We went viral. Uh, my story went viral and so there was a lot of strange eyes on me and my family and my body and it was and there were people commenting on that and it was very hard and very hurtful um and and I'm like I feel like I look back at that post and that photo and i'm I look at it and I'm like so beautiful and it's like I'm a mom and I just had a baby a year before that photo was taken and I'm wearing these these really cute shorts and this beautiful top and I just feel like I look like similar to the way I look now and I'm just not healthy. But the weight wasn't like that much more like, you know what I mean? It's like, I just don't understand the hate in people. So it's hard to deal with that. And what I've learned is that if you wait to show up till everything is perfect, including your body, you're not going to show up because there's always going to be something that's wrong. Like today I have a, a zit and I have like one of those little stickers on my zit that you like can't really see it on zoom but like I'm just showing up. I have a lot of interviews today. I have a big interview for my book today and I'm just like I could have canceled but that's so silly because there's always going to be something. There's going to be something on my schedule or something in my life that's feeling stressful or a zit, or, oh, I gained 10 pounds because I went really hard last weekend and it was so fun, but now I'm, now I'm fat and like all these stupid stories. And I've really learned that we need to come at our bodies from a place of love. And when we truly feel that love without a single thing changing, nothing physical changing, only internal stories changing That is the first step. It's not to love your body once it begins cooperating with you. It's to love your body and learn how to be in tune with it and listen to it. And then you can show up and then you really do love yourself. So yeah, you do kind of want to shift the way that you're, what you're putting into your body and on your body and how you're speaking to your body and how you're moving your body. Like it's all connected, but the first step is often like the last for a lot of people. Um, And then it's kind of too late because you've damaged yourself with diet culture and and you've hurt yourself so much. You have so much more to repair because this body is your body and this life, this is your only body. And you have a relationship with that body the same way you have a relationship with a friend or a partner. Like this is a working relationship. And so to damage it is abuse. It's self-abuse. And I did that for so many years, trying to change my body into a shape and a size that I felt it should be when really the weight, the breakouts, um, the bloating and gas, like the stomach issues, all of it was messages that my partner, my body was trying to communicate to me. And the self-abuse part comes from me suppressing it and basically like threatening it, telling it to shut up because I have to look good and I need it to lose weight and I have to keep going. So all of that together, it's like you have to come from a place of love, show up anyway, and then gently go through this relationship with your body and know that like, yeah, I have to show up and work while I'm going through this relationship with my body and film things and make videos and do things. And I sometimes wish my body was a different size, but it's not. And it needs me to hear it, not force it. Oh man. I love that.
0: (laughs) There is so much, I think we could go with there. That's so amazing to, to think like that alley in that picture is just as worthy of showing up as she is, is this alley, right? Like it's, it's the same, same worthiness level. And sometimes we have this vision that like, I can't show up until I'm here. Mm. And it's, it's, um, it basically takes you backwards, right? Like it, it stunts your progression because you can't, you feel like you can't show up um, until you're at this place. And I love, I love kind of everything that you just shared with that. And in being able to come to that relationship and saying, okay, Hey body, like I see you. Regardless of the things that we've been through, there's trauma a lot of women have, you know, I know you have some conditions which I know we're going to we're going to get to. Um and and we can see those things as a burden, but if we can take a minute to st- take a step back and recognize like even friendships in our lives aren't perfect. And sometimes they have hard moments and other times they have beautiful moments. And it's all about creating that relationship and being able to show up in the hard moments as well as the beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned something um, that I wanted to ask you about. What are the stories that you started kind of telling your body? How did you start to kind of create that change through what you talked about stories about and to your body.
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I think that there's so many and I feel like if I mean, I could talk all day about all the different ones because there's so many different ones in each scenario in, that I would enter into in my life, like going to make a video, like going to like date night with my husband, going out with girlfriends, each scenario would bring up new stories based on the circumstance I was entering into if that makes sense. But the biggest one, and I think the underlying one for all of us is the story was my body is not okay as is, it needs to change. So shifting that story into I am perfect and fine the way I am, I choose to listen to the messages my body is giving me and respond to them in love. That was the biggest shift. That's the foundation. And all the other stories really kind of like align with that one and are layered on top of that foundational message, that foundational story shift. So the first version being my body's not okay as it is right now. I need it to change. And of course, usually for us women, there's something coming. So it's, I needed to change fast now, Um, And then that goes into panic and doing juice cleanses and diets and crash diets, things like that. Um, What is the like cayenne pepper lemonade one that everyone has done? Like just these weird things that we do to burn and, and it's, it's, it's just not healthy. So what would happen if you fully accepted your body as it is right now? Um, I'm just going to go over some things for me and hope that it helps other women that are listening. Yeah. So right now I am playing with food again in a way I'm trying to like kind of figure out where my body is now. Um, I have released um, quite a bit of weight and I'm really proud of my body for working with me and I'm listening to it. It's listening to me. We're working together we have released quite a bit of weight that was just really unhealthy. And now I'm kind of like at this place where I'm like, okay, like, I feel like it would be healthy for me to keep, to lose some more, but it's stopped right now. I'm at like a pause or in the diet world, they say you've plateaued. Um, and I've been here for quite some time, like months and I've been great. I'm fine. Um, but right now I'm like, feeling like my belly is like soft and there's like extra kind of like underneath the jean indent, you know, um, the mom pooch. And it's like really extra right now. Cause I've put on a few pounds recently from like trying to play with, fats and trying to figure out like, what's the next step for me? What feels really good to me? Um, And then like, I've got, I'm wearing my jeans and they feel good. So that's good today. My, my back is kind of squeezing through a little bit of my bra right now. Like I just, am feeling a little excess a little bit. I can feel it in my body. So it's telling me like, I'm not loving this, this new thing that I've been doing last couple of days. So I'll, I will adjust it. But the story normally would be, oh my God, I'm bloated. I gained weight. I can't do this interview today. I'm going to tell Elizabeth that it can't be video or I'm supposed to do a photo shoot today. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that today. Like panic. And that would only happen if the story was that my body is not acceptable as is. But I know that my body is acceptable as is. I fully believe that now. So it ebbs and flows in your cycle, in your, what you're eating. Like I ate out yesterday and it was so good. I had pasta. It was amazing. Um, and, and I ate out the day before and the day before that, cause I'm busy right now. And like, it's okay. My body is going to respond to that. It's a little more sodium. I'm going to blow up a little, like your body is You need to let your body do what it needs to do and listen to those messages. So, and then adjust accordingly. So, if I'm in a place of self love with my body now, what I would do is what I'm doing today a little extra love. I've got my lemon water here. I've been refilling this all morning. I'm going to keep refilling it all day, hydrating, allowing my body to release everything it needs to release by, like, you know, going to the bathroom a lot and letting this water flush through me um, extra, like I'm having a big leafy green Buddha bowl today with avocado and nuts and seeds. Like I'm making it taste so good and I'm looking forward to it. Like, I can't wait to have that Buddha bowl. I I don't know if you guys search Buddha bowls on Pinterest. It's delicious and like heavenly. There's so many ideas. Um, but like, I'm loving myself, but I also am supporting myself. Like, of course I feel like having like, I don't know, a cheeseburger and a cookie or something. like, of course we always feel like Sure, that sounds great. But like, I don't feel like having the feelings that that would bring and that's not loving my body. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that well? Like that's kind of the shift with loving my body as is, but also listening to the messages of I'm puffy. Like this kind of sucks. I'm not really feeling my best. And listening and adjusting in love instead of from a place of force and disdain. Like you're not acceptable. You have to change now. Water cleanse, green juice cleanse, freak out is totally yeah. different stories.
0: Yeah. And it kind of bring, it goes back to the principle that women's bodies, it's normal for them to change. Right. And it's, yes. you're not always going to feel good in your body and you're not always going to be on the downward path and weight. And you're not like, it's okay. I think that's like a message that we really want to send is like, it's okay to have off days and to not be perfect and for your body to change. And I love what you said is like, you're connecting change with like, okay, there's something that I want to do. I want to, I want to learn how to nurture my body to change now. Right? Like I want to step in and say, okay, these are the things that are supporting my body. I tried this. It didn't feel great. Like you're really taking that intuitive approach where you're starting to listen to your body to say, well, yeah, like of course a a cheeseburger sounds good probably to everyone. No, just kidding. I'm sure not everyone, but, um, you know, and that's, I think a principle, sometimes people think that when you have a perfect relationship with your body and with food, like the Buddha bowls are the only thing that ever sound good. And you only want vegetables and all of this stuff, Mm -hmm. but The reality is, is like, we are going to ebb and flow and, and it's okay to do that and, and giving ourselves permission to have some of that ebb and flow and then tapping into like, how did that make me feel? How do I want to proceed? How do I maybe want to do it differently next time? Like, so that I can continue to show up in my best way.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the difference is what do I want to feel? So I do this a lot with like drinking like I really enjoy drinking alcohol, especially socially. And because of my career, my life is very social, less so in the pandemic, but it's just very social. Um, and I've learned to like, I used to live in the winery. So I learned to like really enjoy wine. And so the problem though, is like, it's such a ritual and it's so relaxing and it's so yummy, but it's really not good for me to have like you know, a glass of wine or two, like super often. Like I was for a while, I was every night I had a glass of wine while I was making dinner and it was really, really nice, but it wasn't ultimately making me feel the way I wanted to feel. And it wasn't like, I don't know. I just felt like I was kind of puffy. Like it just was like, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't good. And then I also noticed that I really looked forward to it and I was kind of moving. Like this is, um, something that I talk about a lot, are habits. Like if we cut out a habit that's not serving us, we have to be careful because sometimes it will just move somewhere else. Like bacteria in the body can move from one part of your body to another. And instead of clearing, it just transfers. So I noticed that I was transferring some of my old unhealthy eating habits to, well, at least I could have this glass of wine. And I did it with coffee too. I was like obsessed with coffee and like midday lattes and just like, when can I have the next thing? I don't know if anyone relates to that. Um, and it's, it's honestly a, uh, I've, I've experienced some embarrassment even sharing that because it's almost like, um, I had somebody once tell me that, well, that was because you, you've been a fat person and that's a fat person thing to say. Somebody literally said that to me once and it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that's not it at all. It's just habits. Okay. Like I'm yeah. you, that person had a habit of being the worst and my habit was using food and and yummy things to really just distract and like bring joy into my life. Now I'm going to explain something and this is like huge if I was doing that with food and I stopped, I really listened to what my body was telling me. And I, I shifted the way I was dealing with food in my life. And you really helped me with that, Elizabeth. That was, that was, you gave that to me. So we did that. But then I started to, with the coffee and the lattes and like wine and like, just kind of always looking for something to to like, what can I have? And, That is really coming from a place of in some way in my life, I was not allowing myself to enjoy anything I was working really hard. I'm a mom I homeschool, Um, I was kind of beginning we still haven't gotten our adoptive child at this point I was beginning that process way back then like it's been so long and so I was doing that and like there was so much going on and I wasn't experiencing any enjoyment and so when you don't experience enjoyment you seek it out and my go-to is food but I had shifted that relationship so I felt like well drinks So coffee, lattes, you know, added cream here and and sweeteners there and wine at night. And then we'll have a second glass. And and then I wake up in the morning and I get to have coffee again. Like I was just obsessed. And now I can't even believe I'm saying this because it's me, but I, I don't even drink coffee anymore. Like caffeine doesn't really serve me very well. And coffee beans showed up in my gut test that they're, I'm like allergic to them. And so I cut that out. And now it's like, I have things that I enjoy. I have like tea lattes that I really enjoy, but I go days without having them. I'm not obsessed because I've brought enjoyment into my life and I figured out, hobbies and habits and things that I really enjoy doing so there's a, not a gap to fill if there's an unhealthy habit that you have especially if it relates to food or beverages then it's because there's a root issue that you're not giving yourself in your life and so you're naturally just going to gravitate it's so easy to go for something that you can eat or drink it's so easy because we do that all day so you're like grab to it and fill that gap so I think it's just really being aware of where the gaps are that you're using food and habits with food to fill instead of really looking at what's going on and understanding yourself. And this is all part of body love and knowing yourself and listening to yourself.
0: I love that. That was like the best emotional eating lesson I think I've heard. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. One of the things that I talk a lot about is there are kind of two different um, approaches to emotional eating. And you're right it's all about there's like there's a gap there's something missing there that your your emotions aren't being met and so food is what you're turning to and there's kind of two two places you could go you can be a reactive so reactive to your emotions right your stress and you like eat immediately turn to food or kind of a proactive where like you have this habit where it's like you are consistently turning to it and it works on the other end where we say okay how do i deal with my emotions Well, we have to do some proactive things, right? We have to engage in self-care practices, which is what you're talking about, all of these self-care practices. And then we also have to think, okay, in the moment, are there other emotional needs that I need to be met if I have this like desire to turn to food? And they go together. They really have to be like, We have to have this proactive self-care plan and also know what to do in the moment when maybe something's coming in and you're like, you're craving it, you're wanting it. And you know, it doesn't serve your body, but you just like have to kind of work through that. And, and it's okay. It's okay to experience cravings and it's okay to want those things. But we, the, the way we bring in that happy relationship with our food, with food and our bodies is having conversations with yourself. And that's what I've loved is you're like sharing these conversations Mm -hmm. that you're having with yourself.
1: It's totally a conversation. It totally is. And and that's the thing is like, it's never like, and this is how I just don't have the thing I'm craving. A lot of the time I totally (laughs) have it. I'll go straight up. I'll go out and get it, but it's about the stories. What's going on, what's going on in the day? What do I really need? And it sounds like so annoying, I guess, when you are really stuck in the trap of binging Um, but really like most of the time I need something else. Most of the time I need to go for a drive by myself and just distance myself from the noise of my home and my family. And just, I haven't been alone in so long and I'm an introvert, so I'm not recharged. So I'm just kind of like needing some comfort. And that's the big, I think probably the biggest thing I walked away from when you were when we were swapping coaching after you worked with me, I I coached you and you were coaching me. Um, that's the biggest thing I walked away from was comfort. Like you need comfort. You told me this is like what you really need is to take care of yourself and comfort yourself. And the food isn't going to do that because you're just going to feel worse after. And so I noticed, I still notice to this day how often I really just need like, I just need somebody to take care of me. And that's got to be me <laughs> and mm. that's fine, but I got to do it in a way that's actually going to be taking care of me and not suppressing difficult emotions and making me feel better temporarily. And so most of the time it is like taking a walk. It's doing Pilates, um, or yoga, or just like stretching, lying down on my bed and just doing like, I have a, an app that I use called breath work, just doing like some breathing. Um, it's just taking a freaking minute. And sometimes it's also vegging out and watching Netflix, but like you don't have to have food to enjoy Netflix. And I used to always do that together. Like just noticing I really think awareness is the most powerful tool in my toolkit. I'm just aware of the stress of the day, what I'm feeling, what's happened so far. Why do I feel like I really need to have a glass of wine when I watch The Office? Why do I feel like I have to go get a a latte or something because I just can't get through this day? Like I I notice that I am just going to grab at things instead of turning inward and like what's going on. Sometimes it's like, I just really want a matcha latte and I want an extra sweet. Okay, let's go. And, and sometimes not. Yeah. And, and that's,
0: it's, it's just, it really is at the end of the day, it's really about having those conversations and without judgment, right? Like without the judgment of, you know, why does my body want this? Or this is frustrating. Or like, why can she say no to that? But I can't, like, I think there's a lot of judgment there, like from other people, you know, of their eating habits and being like, how come I don't crave mm-hmm. that? Or how do I have a hard time saying no to that? But also judgment of ourselves and, and feeling like it's, almost impossible to change. I think sometimes we get in that mindset of like it feels really hard how could I become that person? And I love the conversation that you're having is like you're working through that with yourself and that's helping you kind of create your identity of that woman of wellness that you want to be. And that looks different than mine and that's awesome, you know? And and being okay
1: with that. Yeah, do you remember in the beginning I think it was the end of 2019. And we were going into 2020. And I had shared with you that my goal for 2020 was the enjoyment of wellness. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That was yes. my phrase of the year, which ended up working out really well because I was home a lot yes. <laughs> and we didn't know that was going to happen. And um, that's what I really think we all need to strive for is the enjoyment of being well, not this like comparison game of wellness and this shame game in the wellness industry of like, like, oh, her cheat is like cacao and it's like- <laughs> she's talking about it. Like, I hate when people like talk about it, like they're having like a cookie or something like really actually delicious. And it's like avocado and they're like, Oh, it's cheat day. Okay. Let's relax. Cheat day. If that's not, first of all, f- screw cheat days. Okay. Yes. But second of all, that's not a cheat day. Like relax, but like don't, if, if something is if online is not helping you, it's not serving you. It's not helping you be a better version of yourself. If it's, let's do it like this. If it's not making you love yourself more, then unfollow, delete it, get it out of the way. And really like, what would make you enjoy wellness? If you don't like kale, don't eat it. If you don't like avocado, don't eat it. Like find another way what your body will crave and pull you towards. Like, I can't wait to have that bootable for lunch after this. And last week I was sick of it. I was like, I don't want another bootable for like a year. Get it away from me. I, I just was like going to get my period and was like craving like salty things. Like I wanted to do something different. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait because I ate out the last few days. and so my body's naturally pulling more back to like greens and like dense, you know, really dense nutrient based food and you can just feel it. And so right. it's, it's really beautiful. So like, just enjoy it. If you really need to have something like go have it and we don't have to go all in and eat the whole bag, like have one and enjoy the heck out of it and then see how you feel like, just what would it look like if we just listened to our bodies and we enjoyed the process of taking care of them instead of making it this forced shame game of like goals we have to hit by a certain timeline to change the way we look quickly. It like, it's just such a low vibe to go that way.
0: Yeah. And I think we did a podcast episode on your podcast about the enjoyment of wellness. So I'll find it. I think, I think that was on your podcast. So I'll find that and put it in the show notes because I think that's such a powerful thing. And it's interesting that you bring that up. One thing that I've been doing lately, um, is actually syncing my food with my cycle. Mm -hmm. And I had never done that before. And you know, that's a Heather thing, but, um, it's been like so amazing because then I get to incorporate different foods at different times of the month. I don't get sick of things and I look forward to things. And it's like kind of fun because I know when I eat this particular food at this particular time, I feel better. And like being able to do that has been so powerful, even as a coach, like even I'm still working through this and growing in this way
1: there's levels of this and you don't go from binge eating McDonald's every night, which full disclosure, I have done for like, I did that for like years. Um, and to like eating clean, eating plant-based, cutting out coffee, cutting out alcohol, cutting out sugar, cutting out everything bleached and processed and, and food cycling with your cycle. Like you don't go to that. You first bump up one level and then you go to the next level. Like I just, um, I also work with Heather and I know we both love her, but I just, she's just now like, okay, I'm going to introduce something. Don't freak out. I think we should start food cycling. And she's like, inching me. Like we're, we all work on this together and we're always going to the next level, but my next level doesn't need to be your next level. And Elizabeth, your next level was so far above mine when I met you and you were so gracious with me and gentle. And we're like, let's just try to do this. I just want you to become aware. I just want you to make a journal or notice or, you know, whatever. And, and it was so beautiful because one step up, one step up, one step up. And now I'm here where I am like, you know what? I just had a cup of coffee and my anxiety is through the roof. Maybe I should stop. I also feel like my stomach hurts. I'm going to do an allergen test and just see if coffee comes up. Sure enough, it did. And yeah. maybe like consider cutting it out. Like you just become so aware your body is talking to you all the time, but we mute it because it's not convenient for us. And really you guys, like this is our one and only body. And we really need to learn to listen to it and love it and love when you love someone, you listen to them, you let them speak. And we need to let our body speak and listen and respect it and take it to the next level, one step at a time without pressure and like pure, pure, deep self-love. Yeah. I love that. And
0: I kind of want to go, go along those lines. Um, I have a lot of women that kind of come to me that are frustrated because of some of the conditions of their body. Right. And it feels like a burden. And I kind of wanted you to address that because you have some things that could feel like your body has let you down. And some of those things that, like having to eat this certain way. And, and I've had people express like, why can't I just eat normal? Like, why can't I just eat like everyone else and feel normal and all these things? And, yes, and I think it really holds them back. Right. Because there's this like feeling of like, my body is a, a burden or it doesn't work right. Or it's fighting me. And I have been through this own journey myself with like me discovering gluten and dairy issues. And, and I, even as a coach, I like went on this roller coaster of like, this is hard because I had food freedom. And then all of a sudden I don't, (laughs) you know, the natural
1: body took it away from you. And and it's, it's, it brings a new interesting barrier to the self-love process for sure. So for me, my whole thing was, I kept saying, I'm allergic to something that's in everything. I'm allergic to something that's in everything. I can't figure it out Um, and I don't know why I didn't do an allergy test sooner. probably because I have a million things going on (laughs) and I finally did it. And it was freaking garlic. Garlic is good for you. And it's literally in everything. And I believe this was a formed allergy. So I'm hoping that one day it will go away, especially as I'm like clear, I'm working on like, I'm like deep into like working on like your microbiomes, like your gut stuff and clearing out like bacteria, um, which side note also causes acne. It's not hormonal, it's bacteria. So I'm mm. learning so much. Maybe we could do another thing on that sometime.
0: Yeah.
1: But um working on that. And so I I figured it out and it's it's garlic. And so cutting that out, I can't even describe how difficult it is. It's in everything, homemade and not everything that I buy at the store that's healthy has garlic because it's like a natural flavor. It's like so good. It's so easy to bring so much flavor to something. And I love garlic. Like I I my family is from Cuba like all the flavors and spices and yumminess like garlic 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 I love Mediterranean food that's all garlic so it's been really hard and eating out has become nearly impossible and you know like that yeah. was a big issue for me when I was working with you on my body stuff like I'm out a lot and I I want to be healthy but it's hard now it's like even harder so, It was a, and coffee. That was another one. Um, and then I knew I was allergic to dairy really bad, but I, the test was like, it was right before red, the red zone, which red zone is like anaphylactic, like death. Mm, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: it was like really, really allergic. So I was like, well, wow, that makes a lot, that was really helpful. So first of all, getting information about your body is a tool. It is helpful. And then this is the thing that I do I don't want to get off topic, but this is like what I do with money, my relationship with money and my relationship with anything energetically that I need to shift. Basically, I look at the the limiting belief or the story or the problem. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes yeah. it's not a limiting belief. It's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is a fact that we are allergic to things or things don't go well with our body that are really annoying. And it can actually even be harder if you don't have an actual allergy, because then you kind of play with like well, it's not, it didn't show up on my allergy test. Like yeah. maybe I could just try. And you're like, no, I know I don't do well with gluten or whatever it is. Um. And so when we look at that, it is our job to dispel the limiting belief. It's our job to energetically get behind our bodies and hug it and be like, I see this. I understand I'm supporting this and we're going to figure this out. And there are so many things harder than, having to work around an allergy, like beating cancer is hard. Um, going through a divorce or a relationship explosion in your life is really hard. Having a body that is so sick because you chronically didn't listen to it is hard. Raising a special needs child can be really hard. Like there are hard things in life working around a food allergy. It just really doesn't need to be one of them. It's all perspective, honestly, like a little tough love. It's all perspective. So if your body is telling you, even if it's temporary or not, I'm not doing well with this food. It's your job to shift your perspective and energetically get behind that being okay and deciding that you're going to listen to it and you're going to work with your body and you're going to support it and help it and not have that food. And then, like, focus on what you can have, not what you can't have. So, focusing on the fact that, like, I can go to a restaurant that I'm familiar with and the chef already knows and that I have the relationship with them and I feel so grateful. I know that I can go to this place and say, like, hey, I'm here would you be able to make me these tacos without garlic? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Or no, but I can make you this, like just communicating. That makes me super grateful. It makes me feel like I know what's in my food and I can rest easy. And like, now I have a restaurant I can go and eat at, like find what to be grateful for. Don't focus so much on like what you cannot have. And then if you start to feel like your relationship with your body is shifting in a negative way, because you can't have anything or that's the story that I was telling myself, I can't have anything. It's like, That's so limiting and so stressful. That was my perspective. But shifting it to, I can have lots of things, but I can't have garlic. And I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to eat somewhere. Like the restaurant needs to serve me and I can't have garlic. Um, I can call ahead, but like, they need to, they need to work with me if I'm going to pay to eat there. Um, And at home, like I can make myself lots of things with no garlic. I'm learning to season with new things. Like it sounds so cliche, but like it's all perspective and we can choose how we think about that. So I really think like if you want to have a good relationship with your body and you say that you love yourself and you say that you love your body, then when your body is telling you that it's not doing well with a specific food, no matter how hard it is to cut out, it's your job to energetically back it up. And, and shift to like, I can do this. This is, this is totally fine. I'd way rather cut out garlic than have a serious illness later because I, I suppressed my gut and didn't listen and fed it things that it was literally like, I cannot process this. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. So many golden nuggets in there about just shifting that perspective and, and recognizing that it's, it's maybe not as big of a, an issue as sometimes we make it. It feels like a lot because we have to eat all day long. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we turn that frustration and that burden into education and opportunity, I think it shifts our perspective. And the one thing I was going to add to that was, um, throwing out perfection and recognizing like, you're not you're you're not always going to be perfect at it. Maybe if it's an anaphylactic allergy then we probably have to be perfect sure. perfect at it. But yeah, but thinking like it's okay that I'm showing up in my best way and that's not perfect is absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. Um so oh, this has been the most lovely conversation and I kind of wanted to end with this one question mm-hmm. um just based on your journey like you you've you You've done so many amazing things and your journey's just been ups and downs and it's just I think it's just beautiful. I think it's beautiful and I'm really glad that you came on here to share that and be willing to be open and honest and share your journey with with other women and it's helped you. You know, it's helped you it's you've been able to create that body love and that acceptance and that led and leads and will continue to lead to body change. And we often think that, like you said, it goes the opposite way. We always start the opposite way. Where we're like, yeah. we jump in to try to change it. And then we don't find that acceptance and love. And it's really hard to keep going. So just, I want to know, like, what would you say to the woman who maybe is in a place where she feels like body love or body acceptance is unachievable, is that the right word? Or she's like just in a hard place where maybe we've had these conversations, like you said, that, you know, it feels like we're clear up here and they're starting from step one. Where would you help them bridge the gap?
1: For me, it really helped me to focus on how much my body had done when I was not taking care of it. Like I was not taking care of my body at all. And I had like disorders forming, allergies forming, like symptoms of, of things that were like really difficult, but I was still like having babies and like living. And, um, even if I hadn't had babies, like walking and breathing and able to do pretty much whatever I want. And it was, it it did all of that despite me literally working against it and and suppressing it and having a lot of hatred for my body. Um, And so thinking of like, wow, what would happen if I actually worked, if me and my body were allies, what would happen if if that shifted when it's doing, we're doing so well together, not being that way and actually kind of being at war with each other. So I think it's, again, just a perspective shift of like, being grateful for what your body has done and what your body has given you and what it is doing in this state. Um, No matter how heavy you are, no matter how sick you feel, no matter what's going on, there's always something to be grateful for that you're even able to listen to this podcast because some people are so sick, they can't, literally, they can't even listen to something or they don't don't have hearing or something. There's something to be grateful for. And then being like, you know what? I, I mean, write your body a letter. I think this is something that you had me do. Yeah, dear uh, body, and just be real and and like think of it as a relationship and begin to bridge that gap. But there's always something to be grateful for that your body has done despite you working against it. And so begin to treat that like a relationship because it is. And shift and shift from there and just one step up. Just awareness of your habits. Just drink an extra glass of water in the morning. Like consider feeling how coffee makes you feel feeling how the food you eat makes you feel like just even start there. You're already past step one, but first get, get grateful for what your body has done for you, despite things not being the best between you two so far.
0: Mm, I love that being an ally with your body and starting to become aware of it. Mm -hmm. So, so good. Well, I know you have a really exciting interview coming up today, so I'm not going to keep you any longer, but, um, will you just kind of tell us where, where everyone can find you because I love you've kind of, I think, um, our businesses really go together because you help women show up really well in their lives with, you know, simplifying and all of that. And it really, when you are able to show up in all areas that helps you achieve your purpose. So tell us where we can find you.
1: Yeah. um, I would send you guys over to, normally I like have a specific thing that I give when I do interviews, but for this one, I really just feel like I want to meet you guys where you are at. If there's something, if I can help you show up better in your business, like that's, that's something that I do. If I can help you remove clutter from your space so you can focus more on things like your relationship with your body and have more mental clarity, if there's some way I can help you, I want it to fit you and where you're at and everyone's at different places. So I would just send you guys over to follow me on Instagram. Um, Just search Ali Casaza and it'll come up, click the one with the blue badge, not the weirdos that make fake accounts sometimes um, (laughs) or the website, just alicasaza.com, and kind of choose your own adventure and let me know how I can support you. Absolutely, and I'll put all that in the show notes so they have the links. But thank
0: you so much for joining me. It's just been such a pleasure and um, best wishes
1: today. Yeah, thank you so much. This was so great.
0: Okay, my friend, if you love the Women of Wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.